Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and world. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome. My name is Blake Dean, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Monez, and you are listening to New Voices from Mutuality Matters, a podcast hosted by CBE International. We are so excited to have our guest, Elizabeth Beyer, with us today. She has worked at CBE since 2008 and currently serves as the Manager of Learning Resources and International Projects. She's also a writer and an editor, most recently, of Created to Thrive, Cultivating Abuse-Free Faith communities. Elizabeth, we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. But as our listeners know, we always start with a bit of an icebreaker. So Aaron, what are you watching, reading, or listening to? Okay. I have two words for you, Blake Dean. British television. (laughs) Just all of it. We, so we've been hearing about like this streaming service that has, um, all like the British shows and, and not to just give them free advertising, but people probably know what I'm talking about, but we went ahead and got on it because I love, I love just wacky tacky British television. (laughs) So what I'm currently doing right now is I'm rewatching a murder mystery series because nothing beats a good murder mystery, British murder mystery, um, called uh, death in paradise. And it's, it's so chintzy and it's so tacky, but I love it. I just love it. It's It's a guilty pleasure and I'm consuming it rapidly at this moment. So I love it. British television, weird murder mystery, British television. So what about you? What are you watching, reading, or listening to? Well, we every week on Friday nights sit down and we watch the latest episode of Only Murders in the Building, which is the new like murder mystery show with the unlikely hit with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And it is delightful and it is so fun and we love every (laughs) second of it. So that is what we are watching. Liz, what are you watching, reading, or listening to? Uh, I am kind of on the same page as Aaron. Um, I've been, um, what's the word? I've been just watching every murder mystery on PBS <laughs> <laughs> on what is it? Uh, Thursdays, Friday, no, Saturdays and Sundays. There's, there's murder mysteries on, uh, every one of those days I've been watching it because I just recently moved to Alabama and I can't get them on the public uh, television station down there but so now that I'm up here in Minnesota for about a month I've been cramming all, I love of, it. all of those shows in while I can I love it not only is this I think the first time that everyone has done well I think we've done the same mediums before but definitely every we we're all talking murder mystery shows I think yes, that's great yeah. I love it like every single yeah like death in paradise yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, so and the one you mentioned like he's so funny it's so yeah. hilarious I just, so good. Yeah. It's so good. Time to decompress. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Liz, I wonder if you could start um, and just tell us a little bit about how you first became interested in gender theology and how you got involved with CBE. Um, I, when you sent me that question, I was thinking that I think I've always been interested in gender uh, all of my life because I was raised in a Roman Catholic church. Mm under Vatican one. And by very young age, I knew that boys mattered more than girls. Mm. And uh, 
I asked, I even asked my mom, you know, why would God make me a girl? I really felt like, what had I ever done Hmm. that, um, sort of like karma, (laughs) you made me, you made me a girl. This is just so unfair. Um, so I guess I've always had an interest in it and eventually through a set of circumstances, I did leave the Catholic church and pretty much, I won't say I became an unbeliever because I always felt that God was there somewhere, but I could not uh, connect um, until my early adulthood. Uh, when I was 19, I came to Christ. And uh, that was, it was a very profound experience where I just felt um, for the first time in my whole life, completely accepted. Mm. and completely at peace it was I mean there was no angst about you know performance in in my faith or any other thing about me that felt not good enough and um and then I started getting connected in with uh evangelical communities and there it was I started to discover that they had the same types of views of women as I had come out of in the Catholic Church. Now I say under Vatican I, only to point out it was just much more strict and right. Um, right. than it is now. Um, because I I really appreciate and love a lot of things about the Catholic faith and yeah. worship practices. Um, but <laughs> so I kind of found myself back in the same place and starting to wonder. Uh, <laughs> What was going on? And I think really my journey at at that point, I think I felt like, you know, what do I know? I'm really new to this Mm. Christian faith, um, or at least to Protestantism. So I was basically just learning or attempting to, but the longer I was there, the more uh, circumscribed my life became and I really felt that as a person I was shrinking and disappearing and turning into a shadow of myself because I hate to say this but at least in the communities I ended up in the things that I really dreamed about doing the things that I loved to do were things that women weren't allowed to do mm-hmm. or you know even if I attempted them I either wasn't taken seriously or I was right. ignored or right or outright rebuked, and and it didn't help uh, that we were dealing with infertility issues and sure. things like that. And so there was all kinds of that. Um, I mean, we just so many things. You know, we attempted to go do some missions with a um, an organization, and basically they told us since we didn't have children, uh, we wouldn't have as much credibility and things like that where I was just encountering, um, I didn't understand why does that matter to the gospel? Why does that matter to uh, introducing people to Christ? I just didn't get it. But anyway, long story short, I I was really at a crisis point and I was ready to leave the faith again because I, you know, the... There, it just, you know, what had started out as very life-giving in my conversion experience 
really all of that was gone and missing. Mm. And so I was, I actually, we ended up, we did eventually have children. We have five kids and um, it was, I was pregnant with my fifth and I was 45. And that right there was a crisis in and of itself. <laughs> um, but it was at that point, it was like everything just hit the wall mm-hmm. at that point. And I just started questioning everything. But that was when I was introduced to CBE and Mimi Haddad. Mimi Haddad turned, she was a neighbor of my sister. Oh, wow. Uh, so my sister knew her from the community and also ended up working at CBE. And, and so I, they invited me to a conference there, one of their yeah. first marriage conferences in 2000. And uh, I attended that and baby, baby and, you know, cradling the baby with me. And uh, cause I just had her and it was the first time I'd ever heard a man repent out loud publicly for disobeying God and breaking a promise to his wife. And that was hugely impactful. I was just, I was literally blown away. I didn't think because up till then I'd seen a lot of abuses Mm. by men in leadership toward women, toward their wives and other women in the church. And it was the first time, I mean, it was profound. And so it was at that point I started reading everything I could find on their website and listening to every <laughs> lecture and uh, video and audio. And then um, shortly after that, I guess, actually it was a little while after that, by the time 2008 came along, I was looking for work. Mm. And um, uh, CBE came back up on the radar mm. as a possible uh, potential job and I applied and anyway started working there in 2008 and f- and for me it was the most healing experience mm-hmm. ever for one thing I was doing something I absolutely love which is read books <laughs> and reviewing the books and I also worked on the uh, uh, the blog back then as it was um, but it was it was so healing to be able to read scripture in a different way that would actually open my eyes to see that God didn't hate women. Cause I really mm-hmm. was at the point where I thought God really has a grudge against women. I don't know why, Yeah, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's how I ended up at CBE. I got introduced by my sister mm-hmm. to her neighbor. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. yeah. I learned about the organization and it was just life transforming. It was as powerful as my conversion experience. It really was because mm-hmm. it felt like, okay, there, there is hope and yeah. God is not the monster that yeah. is, you you know, often appears to be. So yeah. Yeah, Liz, I, I first want to say thank you so much for sharing that, um, that part of yourself and that story with us. I feel like, I mean, I resonate so much with that. Um, I know our listeners, I know so many of our listeners resonate with that and, um, and, and feel that. And, and we have a lot of similar stories about mm. how we came to find CBE and, and just the, the life restoring power of the resources and the gatherings and the people, um, that this has given us. So, uh, so that's, that, that is great. And, and, um, we, 
we love uh, that that you get to focus in on these authors and the bookstore and all of these resources that are coming out. Because I know for for me, it wasn't all that long ago when I was just really frustrated by the lack of authors that were writing on this that weren't kind of sitting in the extremes of either post-Christian feminism or um, or in the the patriarchal complementarian camps. And so as yeah. this has burgeoned and, and, and become more and more common and popular, and I've seen the resources begin to start really flowing. It's been such a joy for me. So one thing I wanted to ask, uh, particularly about the bookstore, um, because CBE is always surprising me with the different resources I find that they have mm. of, of, of all different varieties. But I know uh, that there's some of our listeners might think, oh, this is just a bookstore. It's just like a place to go pick up books. But what what do you know about the bookstore that might surprise our listeners? What would you like to tell them about what CBE has done in curating this space that, that might be interesting for them? Okay. I think, I think the most important thing about the bookstore is that when you come there, the books you're going to find, you're not going to have to wonder what, what viewpoint they are promoting. So, yeah. because often you know, a title might sound like it's supporting women, but it's not support. I guess mm. what we do at the, you know, for the bookstore is that we vet books to try and provide really excellent resources for yeah. uh, advocating for women's equality mm-hmm. everywhere. And, and we try to find the most, yeah, like you mentioned, Sometimes they're borderline or they're not. Um, for example, if you go to a bookstore and you start searching for marriage books, you really don't know what you're getting unless you know right. something about the author or the publisher and what you know their uh, viewpoint is. You're just kind of guessing at, right. at what kind of materials you're going to get. So what we do is we try and vet everything that we add to the bookstore to ensure that it is coming with a an egalitarian message and a mutualist yeah. worldview. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think that's such a such a great thing for listeners to know. And I and it's and I imagine they suspected, but but just to really know that there's somebody and it's you. Now they get to hear from you that it's somebody behind the bookstore that's that's helping vet these books yes and curating this library for them um i just i love that we get to sort of introduce you to the listeners because um because you're the one sort of helping them find these resources that'll be life-giving for them yeah and i hope so i and i think you know over time like you mentioned at beginning back in 2008 there really were only a handful of books even being published back then on the topic. And now there's so many that we literally can't keep up. I have a, (laughs) I have this huge spreadsheet where it just feels like, I don't know if we can have enough reviewers to review all these and really uh, go through them. So um, that, that's a good problem to have that so many people are publishing on it, but um, yeah. So we really do try to, pull out the best. So not just good enough, but really the best. So even if sometimes we find books that are good in some places, but they just have a, it's maybe a more gender essentialist view of men and women Mm -hmm. that really isn't helpful to the conversation, um, Mm -hmm. equality. So we would, 
we wouldn't add that to the bookstore because we think it just clouds and confuses. Hmm. Um, yeah, we appreciate so, that. Yeah. yeah. I, but I think something else that's important to highlight is that some listeners may not know that CBE also creates its own resources. Mm-hmm. And um, we we got to we got the real delight to get to read and um, interview a couple contributors for Created to Thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah. I wonder if you could talk really, really briefly about that project um, and why CBE decided that was the kind of book to commission, that book to organize. Okay. Uh, a while back, CBE had worked with a number of authors to publish a book called uh, Women, Abuse, and the Bible. And that was sort of the forerunner of what Created to Thrive ended up being or was yeah. based on. Uh, but uh, Women, Abuse, and the Bible got was out of print for a while. And now Whippenstock is, has reprinted it. So it is right. available on our bookstore. And, um, and it was basically an overview about the relationship between uh, views of women and abuse. So what are the connections between what the world, what communities, what the church thinks about women Mm -hmm. and the abuse of women and children? And so Created to Thrive was basically meant to be kind of an update. Mm. We wanted to get new data um, and uh, not only be um, the book is divided into two parts. Uh, the first part is about what is domestic violence, what is domestic abuse. Second part is you know how can we mitigate this? How can we make our churches yeah. a safe place? And um, so we wanted to uh, find people with different expert areas of expertise. And also different um, communities that they worked out of. So, sure, uh, there's a big variety of the authors come from lots of different backgrounds and um, experiences. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. And in large part, it was because there's just I w- I want to say in evangelicalism there is a dearth of Right. resources on this topic right. they seem to they don't want to deal with it yeah and and it is painful but it's in my experience every time I brought the topic up whether it's in my own small groups my church or any other place yeah. women come out of the woodwork and want to talk because right. nobody's nobody's broached the topic yeah and some and often they don't no one's ever acknowledged that the things they're experienced are abusive and shouldn't be happening. That's right. Yeah. So that's what why we decided to do that book because really since CBE's inception, women have been yeah. coming to us and talking about the abuse that they experience in the church and in their homes. Yeah. Uh, so it's um yeah, it just seemed like the next thing to do. And it isn't, mm-hmm. you know, a super in-depth book. It's really just kind of meant as an introduction to all of the facets involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were so. we were pre- we were pretty astounded by that resource. I think mm-hmm. I I had an expectation of what it was moving in, and 
the ways that it like just illumined the reality of abuse in different sectors and in different experiences was really meaningful for me. Um, and so we, we love getting another opportunity to commend it and we commend it incredibly highly. And thank you for your work on it. We are going to take, we're going to take a quick break. So CBE can update us on some other things that they're up to. And we'll be right back. CBE International presents Women in Scripture and Mission. Hannah experienced abuse and shame because she could not bear a child. But Hannah turned to God and took steps towards healing, which transformed her life. God gifted her with a son, Samuel. Hannah's song is recorded in 1 Samuel 2. She celebrates both her personal experience and Israel's experience of God who rescues the poor, oppressed, and abused. Learn more at ministrywomen.org. All right, and we are back talking to Liz, who curates the CBE bookstore. And okay, so I've got one. I know this is going to be a hard one for you, Liz, because as a person who loves books and loves writing and is curating a bookstore, um, there's there's just so, so many things go into this. But I basically have like a two-part question for you. And the first part is um, we want to hear about a couple of key books that you love that are gender theology centric that have impacted your journey. And then we want to hear because you're working on the forefront of the bookstore, if there are any upcoming books, any books that you know that are coming down the pipe that uh, you want our listeners to just be aware of and get excited about. um, We'd love to, we'd love to hit you up for, for those things. So books that you love the oldie and goodies. And then if there's anything that you want to say, be on the lookout for Okay. I think, uh, I think the first book I ever read was God's Word to Women by Catherine Bushnell. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's kind of an odd book in that it's pretty rigorous and the languages are a bit archaic. It's really not written. Yeah. Um, but, oh my goodness, the content is incredible. She just doesn't leave any stone unturned. Mm-hmm. So and so, yeah, my first reaction was, you know, jaw dropping. Then I got furious, you know, because I was just so angry. I was like, this has, you know, been hidden for millennia from women and all the harm that's resulted from these things. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the first book I think I read. And I I still keep it as a reference. Yes, mm. it makes an excellent reference book. Um, I think another one was um, Paul Through Mediterranean Eyes mm, yeah. uh, by Kenneth Bailey. I think it's awesome for context. So much information in there. I had no clue that I think is really impactful. Uh, yeah for how we read and understand scripture. Uh, And then, of course, Discovering Biblical Equality is another one. The Mm -hmm. third edition, I think, is out now. Very comprehensive. And another book that you could just keep on your shelf to, you know, refer back to again and again and again. Uh, Cynthia Westfall's book, Paul and Gender. Um, There's so many. (laughs) There's so many good ones. (laughs) I just, I was looking at my little list. Oh. I was also going to ma- mention buried talents. Uh, oh yeah, overcoming gendered socialization to answer God's call by Susan Howell. Uh, yeah. Steve has also delivered uh, some uh, lectures and trainings. 
two CBE and some of them are up on our YouTube channel. Uh, really, really, really helpful. Because uh, I think um, one of the things uh, I was, that's always been a frustration when looking for books for the bookstore is, um, you know, we often have people asking us for parenting books and, and uh, dating mm-hmm. books and this sort of thing. And and it's really hard to find resources yes. that do a good job of parsing out the socialization yes. things that happen yes. that shape us versus, you know, which things are actually biblical, which things are actually biological. Uh, I'm still, you know, at my age, I don't know if you want to call it deconstructing or whatever, you know, realizing how many things I was actually socialized into yeah. in terms of my behavior yeah. that really don't connect with my personality at all, uh, things like that. So uh, her book is really, really good uh, for um, those that are interested in um, that kind of thing. And then one of my favorite books is Are Women Human by Dorothy Sayers. Mm-hmm. I had I always read her for all her mystery books. I had no yeah. idea she'd written anything else. So I was just through, I found it in the basement of the St. Paul Public Library downtown. Oh, wow. just yeah. this, just this little teeny mini book. Oh, oh my goodness, it's so I love her tongue-in-cheek way of mm-hmm. uh, pressing, or, you know, pushing back against the um, you know the notions that women yeah. are. Subhuman. It's a tiny little book, but it packs so much. It really does. And it's funny. (laughs) It is. She's she's great. It's funny. Humor's great. Yeah. Yes. Humor's great. Yes. Yeah. So those are some of the ones that love that. Love that. So are there any that we can be kind of keeping our eye on? Yeah, I was going to say, I've got a list of books here where we uh, that are in the review process we hope to have in the bookstore soon if uh, if they get through one is eve isn't evil uh, mm. feminist readings of the bible to upend our assumptions by julie faith parker that's put out by baker academic mm. uh daughters of wisdom women in leadership in the global church uh, that's mm, one of the great. things we're hoping to focus a little more on this year is is finding resources from women around the world uh, yeah. and writing yes. about their experiences in the church uh, so that's one that's coming up. And then Non-Toxic Masculinity uh, by Zachary Wagner. It's so good. Oh, good. Well, maybe I'll um, have you fill out one of our evaluations. Sure. I absolutely will. <laughs> yeah. I have somebody re- writing a review for it. So hopefully that'll be up too. And then uh, Nobody's Mother uh, by Sandra Glan. That's Artemis also of good. the Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And then we're also reviewing uh, Galatians uh, Commentary by Catherine Green McCray. Yeah. Yeah. I so yeah so that's kind of what's new and upcoming we hope to uh add to the bookstore that's that's so great and and liz we're probably going to put um your your contact uh email at cbe in the show notes so as listeners might have questions about categories or like just just resources we would love to just help uh, them stay connected to you and the great work that you are doing in the bookstore. And this has been this has been a really special episode for us because um for for our listeners, we wanted to take some time to talk with you, Liz, as a way of kind of uh bridging a gap, but also closing a chapter because we have been interviewing authors and reviewing books uh 
with with CBE and gender theology through the podcast um, for for a while now, and we wanted to make sure that listeners know that this is going to be uh, the final episode that Blake Dean and myself will be co-hosting, but that the podcast is going on, and there will be more author authors on the podcast and more um, more great topics from our co-hosts. So we would like to just close out by noting that this is a special episode. Um, because it's the final episode we're recording with Mutuality Matters and CBE. Um, but we're being called into other projects, and we want to just say a few things in closing. First of all, thank you, Liz, for being our final guest today. It has been such a joy talking with you, and I feel like you just embodied um, so much of, of what what we capture and see and hear from our listeners all the time. So, um, so very, very glad to have you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, we also want to send a special thank you to Mimi Haddad and the team at CBE. Um, so many of them, too many to, to list. And when we, we started this podcast together at a kitchen table in 2019, we never imagined it would be what it is today. And we're grateful that CBE took a chance on us and made Mutuality Matters their own as a CBE enterprise with multiple co-hosts covering a range of topics on gender theology and faithfully continuing to create content that enriches faith and equips followers to use their God-given talents in leadership and service to the gospel for all, regardless of gender, ethnicity, or class. And uh, we are leaving with full hearts uh, that the podcast has become more than we could have hoped and that it will continue in the work. Um, second, we if you are a longtime listener who uh, was with us in the early days, uh, we just want to thank you. Um, it's been our joy to journey with you in these subjects, and we are so, so grateful for your support. Um, we hope that you will continue to be a Mutuality Matters listener, as there are so many exciting things to come. And as Liz pointed out, so much more coming down the pipe, so much more to learn from, so much more to explore. So in addition to this podcast, um, there's so many wonderful resources. And so we just want to say a final thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can hear weekly from our co-hosts and other themes, bringing you content on gender theology for the gospel empowerment of men and women. And be sure to follow CBE International on social media. You should also go to their website for even more content, subscribe to the blog, the magazine, and the academic journal, watch videos, and listen to audio of past conferences and events. And of course, of course, go to the bookstore. Uh, Liz is ready to help you find what you need and connect with you, connect you with smart, scholarly, and faithful resources. Uh, and finally, we'd like to thank Landon, our support tech, and the team at CB International that makes this podcast possible. So for the final time, and with a fond farewell, I am Aaron Moniz. And I'm Blake Dean. And we are Mutuality Matters. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers. 